0: Greetings, Amigops and Top Teners everywhere. This is Mike from Top Ten with Kyle and Mike. I am joined this week, as I am every week, by our green quarter-zipped co-host, Kyle. Kyle is looking wonderful, as always. I am also semi-joined by fiance of the pod, Caroline, who is in the other room giving me dirty looks, telling me to clear out of this room quickly. So with that in mind, Kyle and I will be discussing a topic this week As we do every week, I actually know what this topic is. We are going to debate this topic vigorously. And by that, I mean kind of discuss it. This isn't one of those debate-heavy episodes. We are going to crush that topic in about 40 minutes so Caroline can have this room and watch Gilmore Girls. By the end of this episode, once Caroline has started watching Gilmore Girls, we will have a definitive top 10 of that list. So, Kyle, what
1: are we talking about this evening? Thank you, Michael, for that fantastic introduction. You know what we are talking about. It is finally time for our fifth installment of our Mistakes episodes. Now, as you know, and everyone who listens to this podcast knows, we make a lot of fuck-ups. Either by omitting something, which is, I would say, fairly harmless, to just, like, getting something entirely wrong, which is more harmful, ranging to... (laughs) then on a previous uh, on a subsequent mistakes pod getting it wrong again which we have done we before. have done and that is very egregious that's like the the top tier uh, yeah. mistake i hopefully we do not do that again this time
0: for the catholics out there there's a difference between like sins of omission sins of commission and then within commission there's venial and mortal and yeah. uh, we've kind of done it all we've run the gamut of of those mistakes
1: it's the old saying uh Be an idiot about Australian summer to winter once, shame on me. Yeah. (laughs) Do it twice on a mistakes pod, you're a real dumbass. Especially, and this is, I think,
0: the native saying, especially if you've studied abroad in Perth.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's like kind of the... Yeah, exactly. So, we're gonna try to avoid that, but we will be discussing ten episodes which we have fucked up pretty bad and uh, there's a smattering of honorable mentions here as well for us to discuss plenty, plenty of, uh, <laughs> plenty of fodder for this round of mistakes. Yeah.
0: And as always, I have done no work on this and will forget all of the mistakes that I've made. And in doing so, erase them from the record.
1: It's okay. I've gotten a bunch of your mistakes on here too. Oh, thanks dude. Yeah. Okay. So as, well- we as, <laughs> as we've done before, I will go from 10 to one, 10 being the episode we, least fucked up to number one the one we most fucked up yeah so let's just get started well let's dive right in caroline is
0: waiting just we gotta go i wouldn't even say patiently she's sort of like tapping her foot angrily in the other room uh she's reheating dinner that i made last night which was delicious
1: so i guess i'm not a total bum but she wants this room badly I, uh, for the sake of brevity, when I edit this, I'm just going to cut out all the articles. No thes or As, yes. just gaps.
0: It's like, uh, it's like, uh, Michael Scott when he's <laughs> using, uh, abbreviations.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so, use context clues, uh, yes. fans. All right. Number 10. This is a list you put together. Our very first top fives. Yeah. The episode where we did parents and offspring. Hmm. Um, so... My dad wanted to point out, I think we, I I don't think we mentioned them. Denzel and Denzel Jr. His name is not Denzel Jr., it's uh, John David. John David, yeah. John David is very well on his way to stardom. Uh, I've seen him in a few things, and he's just glowed in both of them. And he's going to be in Chris Nolan's new movie, I think, headlining. Which is
0: so exciting. Chris Nolan has such a remarkable ability to combine new and established talent in ways that are really interesting. Like it's crazy to me that Killian Murphy played such varying roles as uh, Scarecrow slash Doctor Jonathan Crane, and then the role of I'm now forgetting, but the the. um, heir to the fortune in Inception like those are just wildly different characters very different vulnerabilities different mannerisms yada 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 and Christopher Nolan used that so nicely and I think that that ability to even use one actor so differently translates very well to his ability to use established Michael Caine type actors or Rutger Howers and then kind of relative unknowns like a John David Washington for now
1: he will soon be known I think Yes, very well so.
0: I, You know, this is a funny one because I remember this coming up quickly. I, as usual with these mistakes, I've corrected them in my own brain, and I thought we had mentioned him, but I think it was because I remembered getting that correction quickly thereafter and being like, whoa, we missed that one.
1: It Maybe that we actually did, but my, I remember my dad being, like, saying right away, because I don't think he listened to the episode. He said, like, did you talk about Denzel? And yeah. I, so I just wrote it down. So this is possibly... I, if we did talk about him, the mistake is that he didn't make the list because I don't think he did at the yeah. end. Yeah,
0: that's that's reasonable. Um, yeah. Particularly given how good he was in Black Klansman. Like, we try not to play into recency bias
1: too much, but he was very recently in a really excellent movie. Indubitably. Yeah. On that same podcast, we talked about Peyton and Archie Manning. Mm. And I think we characterized Peyton Manning as dragging the corpse of the Colts to the Super Bowl. And Quinn texted us just to let us know that there was a lot of talent on that team. Yeah, like he was James
0: Dallas Clark, um, the the white guy receiver who I'm forgetting right now. Um, obviously Marvin Harrison. I don't think Reggie Wayne was on the team yet. He may have been. Um, and then obviously in defense, Dwight Freeney. I think Robert Mathis. It, it was it was a good team, but. Point is, Tony Dungy was not a particularly playoff-ready coach, and that team consistently flopped when the playoffs came around. Peyton Manning um, was just a hell of a player on that team. So I take Quinn's point, but at the same time, I think Peyton Manning deserves, as much as this is going to sound funny coming out of my mouth, I think Peyton Manning deserves all the credit in the world for winning a Super Bowl with that team.
1: Yeah, never would have said that four years ago i don't think i think we've come to a time where you can say that kind of thing i've grown a bit i'm i'm maturing yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he also mentioned bruce matthews who i believe is clay matthews dad i i, um, I
0: don't remember there's there's clay clay jr clay the third bruce there's a lot of Matthews's so it's kind of hard to keep track of them
1: let me just google this because to not have this sorted out on the on the mistakes pod would be pretty stupid
0: so is the claim that we didn't mention them because we definitely mentioned them i think maybe he, what quinn was saying was we characterized bruce incorrectly
1: yeah let's see bruce matthews his brother clay jr played 19 seasons in the nfl bruce is the uncle of los angeles rams linebacker clay yeah. matthews the third that's my former reflection. nfl linebacker casey, casey matthews, matthews and matthews. kyle matthews yeah so he's clay matthews brother I see. Yes, or, Clay. Or Clay, no, Clay Matthews Jr. Yeah, Clay. Yeah, okay.
0: Bruce Matthews is the best of them. He's the best Matthews yeah. uh, and one of the best NFL players. People, people would cite.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Quinn and then Quinn cited. He never missed a game due to injury and started 293 games over 19 years, second only to Brett Favre. Which is utterly bananas because they played very different positions. Right. He played offensive line, which yeah. is yeah, without
0: fathom. And, and at a time when offensive linemen had herdiated discs, separated shoulders,
1: like, all kinds of crap going on at all times. Faux show. Yeah. So, that was number 10. Number 9, time travel movies. It's hard to find fault with this one because Daniel did such an incredible job. Daniel was magnificent,
0: but the nature of time travel is that mistakes and weird sort of uh, issues kind of crop up pretty naturally. We didn't get that
1: many comments. One was... Um, that Quinn was just mad that we snubbed Midnight in Paris. I don't think we ended up putting it on the list. That's one of his favorites. Did we discuss Midnight in Paris? We talked about it, and I think we just were a little unclear about the legality of it. Because I, I think the
0: legality is a little funky, but to be clear, I want to be very clear. This is a movie that I lay claim to like very heartily as a Michael yeah. and Caroline favorite. I consider us to be two of the original fans of this movie, so I'm a huge fan of think it's just utterly stupendous in all facets, but I don't, I don't, it's not, I don't know, it's not a, tribe ta- a time travel movie.
1: Yeah, it's not, it's, it occupies a slightly different space.
0: Yeah, a little funky. And since then, I, I want to be clear, since this, um since this podcast I watched about time, my God. What a Ooh. Film. Oh, is that what the first time film. you'd seen it? First time I'd seen it. You had been recommending it for years and I just kind of delayed. Caroline and I finally watched
1: it and it hit us both right in the Honey Nut Filios. Isn't it just shockingly affecting? I Allegis and I really were didn't have expectations coming into it, and I think that's yeah. why it punched us in the face so hard, but man. We she just I watched something else, but she just re-watched that on a plane the other day. She was like, fuck it, I'm hey, watching okay. about time.
0: I just think every story choice is really smart, and it made the movie much more about story then about time travel which i think was very clever because the time travel element is not particularly interesting and i know we you guys you and daniel discussed this on the pod and i didn't have much to contribute but i think the the movie
1: wisely stayed away from many of the kind of specifics of that type of story precisely two that we missed my dad actually pointed out one is the time machine which is an adaptation of the h.g wells novel tasty little book if you have the time uh yes
0: it's perfect and then
1: oh yeah and (laughs) to be clear a good book to read while pooping not a poopy book no and then another one called somewhere in time uh which was filmed on mackinac island and my dad says he believes is one of the first times they've ever allowed a car on mackinac island which is kind of cool wow some good michigan history for you or or no sorry daniel did talk about that one i think that's the one that his mom would always cry over, but my dad added this nugget that that was filmed at the grand hotel on Mackinac Island. And that might've been the first car on the, on the Island. So just a little addition there. Thank you, Jim. Yeah. All right. Next up was what
0: the kids say. Mm, I cannot imagine that Claire missed anything.
1: Only the only person that said anything other than, wow, I learned something new off this podcast was cam and cam sent us a very long text kind of get providing examples uh so i'm just gonna read it the first the text he sent us right before he sent us this was a, a selfie of elon musk and the caption should i says i showed you my factory please respond <laughs> all right so cam sent us a uh, a screenshot of a visco girl starter pack because we were confused about the visco girl I
0: think starter pack is one of the funniest like meme situations of the past 10 years I love the blah 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 starter pack
1: it's it's totally fits it's like the John Lennon style sunglasses scrunchies a hydro flask one of those <laughs> pop one of those popping things on the back of your phone yeah I, uh what the hell is that called it's called a um uh what the, what is
0: that called Kyle I have no idea. Uh, it's called like a something popper. A, a, a popper. Pop stopper. A jalapeno popper? popper. I think it's. I think it's one of Guy Fieri's jalapeno poppers. You're right. That's what one it's of called. those. Yeah.
1: One crop, of the uh a crop
0: popper. A pop crop popper. Pop, a pop topper. Pop top. I don't remember what it's called. Pop tropica. Yeah, I don't know.
1: So jean shorts, uh, <laughs> aluminum straws, oh. rainbow Crocs. So Cam says, here we see a perfect example of a Visco girl. A sorority girl with a notable following immediately followed by a link to her Visco page. Typically filmed, the intention is to give the female an artistic appearance. <laughs> Textbook Visco or Visco as they are sometimes referred. <laughs> so that's Visco Girls. Uh, he gave and we were when we were home last, my brother Cam gave my sister Claire a lot of shit because a lot of the things on the Visco Starter Pack are things that you could find Claire using. We and we talked about this. She was ha- she had her Hydro Flask with her as we recorded. Yeah. All right.
0: Sorry. To be fair, she's also a kid. Like it happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and I don't think she quite fits the. I no, think she's no, no. she has some of the wardrobe, but I don't think we would classify her as a visco girl.
0: No, she's way too genuinely cool for that. Like she actually yeah. has a, a like a real kernel of coolness that
1: high schoolers
0: don't recognize. Like, I don't know if she's cool in her high school, but she has the kind of cool that just like slowly people are like, oh wow, well, that's its actual coolness.
1: No doubt. Okay, for the term slaps, Cam says the meat and potatoes of the term slaps is when someone refers to something that may slap different at a particular time.
0: Yeah. For example- Wait, 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 pause. Don't tell me the example because I remember this. It's like- when you go to when you go to White Castle after a night out, that burger just slaps different or something. It, it was something like that. Was the example almost
1: almost exactly? One might claim that eating chicken wings on a drunken binge just slaps different yeah. at that three a.m.
0: Yep, I remember that because I loved that example.
1: <laughs> or listening to a particular song in a specific setting just slaps different. Or you can replace slap with hit. It hits yep. different. Yep. No cap has been mainly popularized by rappers like Migos and more recently the young CEO Baby as an ad lib. He sent me some song lyrics. I cannot repeat them. There. <laughs> uh, We've I can't. not been it's... given proper uh, proper authorization. <laughs> I can't. I was gonna read just one line from this, but none of them I can read. They're just yeah. it's. Oh, uh, but it means no exaggeration, not even slightly. Notice how no cap is placed at the end of the line as an ad lib and not in the preceding lyric. And I think, and then he sent us a vine that says this bitch empty yeet. This vine is generally regarded as the origin to the yeet movement. So maybe, maybe we can link that, uh, that vine on our Instagram or something. Or maybe
0: just a screen grab of that text. Cause that was a pretty yeah. epic text. It's really good. Yeah. And information packed
1: yeah oh there's a lot here and then the next thing he sent us was a real close-up of half of an in and out burger <laughs> in the process of being consumed post-concert in and out just slaps different so yeah emma emma also texted us and asked oh if- she
0: sure did i still owe her an email i still have to email her back like i've been this has been eating me up for about two weeks
1: she sent us a Probably the longest text I've ever received. I
0: didn't know that a phone could send a text this long. And a couple years ago, you would have gotten the like, cannot be received because it's too long. Like, you remember it would say like one out of three type deal? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple years ago, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Part of that text, and we'll get to the rest of it later. As far as no cap goes, she was saying, I'm wondering also if no cap comes from the phrase that means no limit. Like, there's no cap on the number of french fries I can eat. Yeah, and she seemed to find some supporting evidence on the dictionary.com, like, etymology section. Yeah, I don't think she's right about this, because she's old and a dentist. Like, I don't...
0: In the world of people I trust for young people's vocab, Cameron is
1: ranking much higher than Emma. Dr. Emma. Well, that could still be the etymology. Cam knows the usage. Yeah. I Although she... And she did caveat, this is from dictionary.com, which is probably mostly run by fogies. Yeah. So hundred
0: percent by fogies,
1: mostly fogies. Mostly fogies. So that was uh, number eight. We don't really have a not top three, so I'll just keep going. Sorry, Kevin. Kevin, that's two weeks in a row, isn't it? Or that's two tough. out of
0: the past three.
1: Yeah, tough, tough beats for Kevin. Sorry, Kevin. We're giving you not like his your
0: vacation. No, your beats themselves excellent. Yeah. Like <laughs> this has been a tough beat. This is Samuel. a tough beat. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Your Good beats definitely slap different. No question.
1: No doubt. No, no cap. No, no cap. There's there's no cap on No, that's wrong. Yeah. Just say you you did it right, I did it wrong. Yeah. The Mistake. No yep. Okay. Now it's time for uh that amazing podcast Aaron did. Things you want to borrow but not own. Yeah, that was that was If I had to put together my like top ten of
0: just best ideas this podcast has ever had, that's an all-time That's definitely a top 10 best ideas this podcast has ever had. That's such a brilliant podcast topic. It
1: really, it's over the top. And so one of the first responses we got was from our friend Claire, who, not my sister, different Claire. Yeah. And she emailed us and said, I like the concept of a tattoo. She's like, but you literally titled the the episode, Things You Want to Borrow, but not own it's, you can't borrow a tattoo yeah so which i was like oh yeah that makes perfect sense i brought it up to erin she said you guys changed the title on me uh the thing um her original t- uh, list was just things that you don't want to own mm-hmm. and then i i changed it to or you want you want a friend to own and i changed it to things you want to borrow so
0: interesting so the Which, the fundamental mistake here is that we we kind of hosed
1: like we screwed up Aaron's actual topic. Yeah, no, we just changed the name of the title. And like almost everything else on the list works. Yeah. But as put forth by Aaron, she she did say it's something that you want to know somebody who owns or yeah. a secondary title. Yes. Yeah, something that's you true. want to borrow.
0: Which to be fair to us as producers of this podcast was not super pithy like for a podcast <laughs> title.
1: Right, it's
0: funny this this tattoo topic because Caroline was just mentioning to me yesterday that her work took a poll of people they thought would have tattoos, and I think three people uh, independently voted that
1: Caroline would have a tattoo. But that's because tattoos have become it used to be like you were seedy or like scary if you had a tattoo, angels or something. Yeah, exactly. But now it's more like you're creative and uh, carefree and And less, and more, uh, not risk-averse, but more adventurous than us non-tattooed yeah. people. Now that we know that Mallory Rubin has a tattoo, like, it doesn't
0: mean you're crazy anymore.
1: Yeah. yeah. Or, like, the fact that Jason could get a tattoo of a chapter title from Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince means that it's no longer necessarily a, a statement of... Yeah ill intent or violence this is not like a barbed wire salty spittoon situation anymore (laughs) i will say if i
0: were to get a tattoo harry potter chapter art is pretty high on my list yeah that would be up there or spongebob at the salty spittoon that would actually be pretty great (laughs) (laughs) or spongebob with anger arms on my arms oh (laughs) all right all right yeah so get to work on that one ian (laughs) thanks ian Best, all right. Tattoos. Oh, it'd be actually great if you get like a script, you know, as people do the ones in on their chest of like forget everything you know except fine dining and breathing.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't put it Pat Steve did get asked what's the name, tattoo. uh, my name, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> all right, and then also on this list. My dad right away texted me and Aaron. He said, uh, you know what I hate having, but I'd love to just borrow is a roto tiller." <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I don't think he makes a bad point, though. Like, generally speaking, uh, lawn and, like, home and gardening equipment is it feels like a bad investment when you buy it because it's expensive. Then it feels like a good investment the first time you use it. Because, you know, it was 800 bucks, but I'm using it. And then you don't use it again. And it's like, oh, that was 800 bucks for like three uses. So I think his point is well taken. It's it's sort of like the thought experiment that I run through sometimes where I live in the city. And it's like, what if instead of paying whatever I pay per month for car and car insurance, what if I just Ubered everywhere? Do I think ultimately it would work out for me? Probably not. But I bet it would be a lot closer than it seems like.
1: Mike, you, uh, this could be a whole nother podcast. You are, you're only, you're a few years early, but that's where it's heading in urban environments. Yeah. Uh, yeah. car ownership is going to be a thing of the past or at least, uh, owning a, a non-shared vehicle. So yes, anyways, let's move on. Oh, Emma. so Emma texted us back cause we kind of pooped on owning a boat, uh, <laughs> yeah. and she understands some of our qualms. But she pointed out that like we really overestimated the amount of time before and after to get a boat in and out of the water, which her family is particularly proficient at it. But I see her point.
0: Yeah, I think it's worth noting that they're all exceptionally capable people, which definitely skews this a little bit, because I think my ability
1: to tie and untie a proper sailor's knot kind of meh. And then Quinn gave us some of the finances because we were talking about how expensive it is to run a boat. Yeah, he was saying a boat like they have, which is like your kind of normal type speed boat, I guess. Obviously, I know a lot about boats. Yes. It has a 40 gallon tank. Um, it's like around $3 a gallon to fill, or uh, for, I guess, whatever gasoline you need to fill up a boat. So that's like $120 a tank. He said it's difficult to use up a whole tank in a given day. And they do a lot of skiing. So theoretically you could you could boat for a day or two on like 120 bucks which while more costly than fueling a car is not like prohibitively expensive if you're already committed to doing some boating i think yeah. so
0: plus if, if you're thinking about the car example you still have to car and then entertain like the yeah. equivalent car experience is filling up the tank and then entertaining
1: yourself right yeah so and the entertainment comes with the boat yeah One of my favorite (laughs) emendations of all time, Emma's mom, via Emma, said that on this list should be quote, a huge ladder, (laughs) which I think is so appropriate. She said they have a ladder that is so tall that they can reach the peak of their uh, lake house, which is insane. That's a far too large a ladder, but apparently it's stuck at that place because they no longer have a vehicle large enough to transport said ladder. (laughs) That is... The perfect item to know somebody that has one, but not own yourself, hundred percent. And then the last one I added myself is cornhole boards. They're really fun to play with, but I really love that Dylan has a set. And whenever I hang out with him, I get to use his cornhole boards, and then I don't have to lug them up to my apartment. That's great. I think that's a good point because realistically, if you're going to get the most use out of a
0: set of like a cornhole set, it's got to gotta be in your trunk at all times, which is a pain in the ass.
1: Right. And depending on the kind of car you have, it's not practical. Yeah. Like, I don't even think I could fit cornhole boards in my car.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm kind of thinking I, I'd probably have to put the back seat down, which is, of course, a huge pain in the ass.
1: Yeah. You know? No one likes that. Yeah. Good point. I like that one. Yeah. So, that's that. Up next, Jerry's Head Scratchers podcast. So, <laughs> we're not going to get... <laughs> we did a lot of the debating on episode, uh, but there are a couple of follow-up items we got. Mm. So Daniel, uh, who did time travel He was theorizing That the reason that we didn't lock Cockpits When planes were getting hijacked Was for fear of escalation So if you lock The cockpits, people show up With weapons or guns Or whatever to get into the cockpit Whereas in this case like No one was dying necessarily It was just like people were getting diverted So I think that's I think that's worth thinking about. It still seems a little silly, but... It's an interesting it's- point, and ultimately I, I take his point. But what I
0: think is interesting is that there's always been a, an implicit... Well, let me let me take that back. Since, since cockpit safety has changed, people have understood that the value of the lives on the plane on a per-life basis may be the same as the value of the lives on the ground... But just the sheer number of lives that can be taken in the act of taking a cockpit versus the number of lives that can be taken in the act of hijacking a plane is so different that I think the I take the escalation point. But I think fundamentally Jerry's point is that regardless of like what the reasoning was, the reasoning was flawed because at most you have whatever 200 people on a plane. Let's say it's like a big plane a hypothetical hijacker couldn't possibly dispose of all 200 people. And even if they did the act of allowing them to do that while protecting the pilot prevents the loss of many more lives on the ground. So regardless
1: of the reasoning, it was always kind of flawed reasoning. I tend to agree with you. And I think he did too. He was just yeah. kind of trying to find a, a, yeah, a, reason a, why. a reason
0: why that would be. And I think he's probably right about
1: that, but I, but I think it's important to note that
0: the that reasoning is still flawed
1: yeah i agree so plungers jerry was wondering why plungers don't have a splash guard an excellent question uh from our dear friend emma i just need to let you and jerry know that there is in fact a splash free plunger emma is very hip on the uh, bathroom technology i will note well quote just ask quinn about my toilet saga suffice it to say i've had some plunging experience also had to buy a toilet auger but that's another story (laughs) (laughs) and have stormed about the house in bouts of rage regarding the piece of garbage plunger we had we now have a very effective and splash-free plunger so to head your scratch your head no more jerry that one is solved emma is just an american treasure (laughs) yeah she's
0: (laughs) quinn is quinn is a is a worthy man but god is he
1: lucky emma is just something else it's also a good thing she's too busy being a dentist to do this podcast full time cuz she'd do it much better I think than we would. Unquestionably, with greater intelligence and insight. Unquestionably. Last two Jerry was wondering about driving age <laughs> and we didn't we were unclear about the South Dakota driving age. So from Mikey Mike, we we implored him specifically and he said I don't have an official answer to the South Dakota driving age, but the story that gets thrown around is that it's for farm kids. It allows them to be able to haul equipment around or pick people up from the fields. There's also driving into school slash practice if you live way outside of town where no buses run.
0: Well, I think ultimately that gets to the point that we were discussing, which is that inequality and like providing access to people who might not otherwise have it is the big thing. It's it's key to help equalize people's opportunities in school and extracurriculars.
1: Yeah, I would say confirmed. I think we kind of got that one. Yeah. Um, Then Jerry wondered about why trucks are getting taller, (laughs) even though people aren't. Mikey Mike also responded. (laughs) Thank you. As for pick, yeah. As for pickup heights, I don't know of any mechanical advantage in terms of towing capacity. So shut up, Kyle. He didn't say that, but that was my theory. Yeah. Maybe it's for better suspension for a smoother ride or better ground clearance for rough terrain most likely it's just for dick measuring mm-hmm. so I think for I think we could take it straight from the expert here it's just a dick thing it's a dick thing thanks Mike it's a dick thing Thank you Michael all right very controversial our next one superpowers practical superpowers yeah.
0: that was so, that di- was a big swing which always leads to the possibility of big misses I was proud of you that was a good one
1: yeah. So and it's good. We got some good feedback on this one. So Daniel agreed that time travel is a little too unwieldy to effectively use in your everyday life, but he thinks that a power that's adjacent, but different enough that it would count is stopping time. So like Mm. just being able to pause everything around you. So in in his opinion, it would gain you the advantage of just like adding more hours to the day where like you could do all your chores and it wouldn't take any time. And so you could just have more time to do the things you want to do in real time. It's like when Kramer does the Da Vinci napping schedule to give himself. Exactly. Yeah. So, and I think you could escape the, the gravity of like feeling like you had to change things because you couldn't go back in time.
0: Yes. That's a good point. You can't screw up nearly as many things that way.
1: The only caveat that we were wondering about is if like when you stop time would you continue to age, and then like incrementally over time, like people around you aren't aging, but you're like clearly like thirty five so years old than you used time to be
0: for like a year to to ponder something. Do I come out, you know, a year later?
1: Yeah, or incrementally, if I stop time for an hour every day, do I get like 124th One 24th
0: extra aging? Yeah, whatever. I I tend to think that this is a clock stopper situation where. It's no more time is actually passing. And so I'm not aging any faster, though. The question of like relativity starts to get a little funky. So I don't want to touch that per se. But but I I like to think I'm not actually living any extra time. It's just, I guess, a question of what the effects of relativity are
1: unclear. But I think that's a cool idea. And it especially makes sense coming from a dad and a professional who. Never seems to have enough hours in the day.
0: But importantly, the lesson we learned from about time is live every day as if you are living it the second
1: time. Yeah, that's a really nice takeaway there, Michael. Thank you. I do what I can. We ranked having a very advanced metabolism high on our list, like Captain America, and being more generally fit and having more energy. Like Kumail Nanjiani. Yeah, holy Moses. My God. Um, Yeah. I would like him to redo Stu... I would like him to redo Stuber now that he's as big as Dave Bautista. (laughs) That would be kind of fun. Regarding this superpower, just called us out. She was like, this feels like it would mean that I would have to eat like an absurd amount of food. And she's like, that is like the exact opposite of a superpower. Like that would really piss me off and get in the way of my life. And I would hate that superpower. So first of all, she wants to know what Captain America eats. And I think we all want to know that. Protein shakes um, like I think
0: he's probably all shake based, but I do want to note my dad had a physical therapist who was a, an actual bodybuilder. Uh, I think he was steroid free, but I'm not 100%. Sure. He might have taken steroids, but he wasn't he wasn't in one of those official steroid free competitions. The point is, so I he could have been or could not have been, but mm. he was uh, 260 pounds, I think, in the offseason and like 225 in competition weight. And he liked lifting weights like lifting weights for him wasn't an issue. He was very strong and liked it. He said that the eating was just truly hell because it was just it stuffing awful. as much chicken and broccoli as he could into his mouth. And that just was it, it, it was miserable. So I think Allegis is right on here. The, the yeah. metabolism, like the actual eating part, assuming you had to eat legitimate food would be
1: hellacious not interested in that i mistakenly said that when we were talking about power copying um that hero from heroes did that he doesn't hero time travels so that was stupid there's another character in that show yeah there's another hero in that show not named hero that copies other people's powers hayden panettier no i think she heals herself did uh what is it ditto from pokemon yeah it's ditto i don't yeah exactly And then uh, Emma called us out for not mentioning Matilda when we were talking about people with telekinesis. That was a huge oversight.
0: That was a a great point from Emma. Big oversight
1: on your part. Yeah, because we all agreed that the best part about having telekinesis would be to have a dance party with all of your favorite inanimate objects. Um, We replaced uh, weather control with water manipulation on the grounds that it was less responsibility, and Emma said it was actually far more if you could control water at a molecular level, which is entirely true yep we missed so good point thank you emma this one is worth a full read uh she thinks that we we brushed over elasticity too much or too quickly oh that
0: please please read yeah read it that was one of the funniest texts i've ever received because emma is an extremely funny yet also proper person and so this text really like pulled up both sides of her personality very nicely
1: Furthermore, you did not give elasticity enough credit, though I agree that it must get docked since it requires special clothing. It should be on the list 100%, though. Here's why. One, it vastly minimizes injuries. For example, I wouldn't have a broken ankle right now because my ligaments would have stretched and snapped back instead of stretching and snapping off a piece of my bone. Which, That's a terrific point. I read this text to Allegis last night, and she was like, Emma broke her ankle? And yeah, I, was I didn't like, know Emma oh. broke her
0: ankle. I forgot about that, actually.
1: I was like, oh, I guess. And then I like tried to justify it, but I was like, but I had to read the rest of this super long text and I forgot that she would like that. So shame on us because neither of us asked her about her broken ankle. Total dickweeds. Real dicks. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Also, you would, you would never really get smooshed as evidenced in the scene when Elastigirl gets stuck in the various doors and not getting hurt.
0: Very funny stuff.
1: Two, could be used for things like slowing a fall or not requiring a floaty to hold your baby on your stomach when you're lounging in your backyard pool. (laughs) That's Three. How bad, badass would it be to be a human slingshot? I realize this is not subtle, but still fun. Four, how about when you drop your keys or your phone between the car seats, or when there's a baby screaming in the back seat you can't reach his pacifier? That this, one's really good. This feels all very true to life for her. Yeah, probably. So Five,
0: far. so far.
1: Enormous poops and childbirth would be 90 bajillion times more comfortable. <laughs> we, we at least know the childbirth part is from experience. Also the Enormous Poops. Unclear about the Enormous Poops. Six. I'm limited by my own prudish mind on (laughs) this, but I would imagine you could accomplish some kiki shit if one or both parties had this superpower. (laughs) (laughs)
0: This is such a great way to phrase that.
1: Uh, So, So elasticity moves up to, like, number two or three, based on all that. Yeah, thank Um, you, Emma. And then... Her last comment and our last comment on this pod. The distinction between super learning and super genius is bogus. How on earth would you become a super genius without super learning? Yeah, she's right. That's that bullshit. I think it's subtly different. Like, you need to have super learning to be a super genius. But I'm assuming that me, given the ability to super learn, wouldn't have the capacity in my brain to be a super genius still. Yeah,
0: it's... I, I hear you. I think you're right conceptually, but I I i take emma's point i get what she's saying
1: i she's probably right
0: yeah we're, we're walking the nice edge there
1: all right Yep. now we need to hustle because we're really bumping up against our time here yeah caroline is not been
0: hey caroline how are you
1: she's not answering we just have
0: so many mistakes we we really screw things up the cats are looking okay. at me caroline is in the other
1: room pouting okay well then let's hustle up next we have fictional bands from yeah. Dylan. Great work, so, Really good stuff from Dylan. So Cameron, I, I referenced School of Rock, and I said uh, that of Lawrence... What? School of Rock?
0: Oh, Rock. Sorry.
1: Yeah. What? I don't... Okay. Um, I said that Lawrence's dad says to Zach's dad, your son is very talented. And Cameron texted me right away and said, your son is very skilled, yes. not very talented. Mm-hmm. So I messed, up, I messed up that line. I realized that I forgot the Airband from Scrubs. Also, Mm. the Worthless Peons from Scrubs. (laughs) All right. And now, rapid fire a bunch from Daniel. This is right in his wheelhouse. Yeah. So, Sex Bob-omb from Scott Pilgrim. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem, The Muppets. That's a really good one. That's a really good one. Wild Stallions from Bill and Ted. Incredible. Yep.
0: And it's his episode.
1: Yep, yeah, really impressive marketing from Daniel there. Um, Josie and the Pussycats. From Josie and the Pussycats. Yep, Yep. the Archies, Mm -hmm. I think that's from uh, Archie. (laughs) Uh, Buckaroo, Banzai, and the Hong Kong Cavaliers, that is, uh, and then from Daniel, if you have not watched this movie, you should, while drunk, it is totally bananas and worth it for some early Jeff Goldblum. Ooh. Uh, Yeah, so, note. Note. Uh, Dingoes ate my baby from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Hedwig and the Angry Inch, musical of the same name. Yeah, the The Commitments, '90s art house movie of same name. Sexual Chocolate from Coming to America. The B Sharps, that's The Simpsons barbershop quartet, and that is it. But it's Simpsons <laughs> barbershop. That's barbershop. that was almost. That was I, that was eleven from Daniel just then. He just made his own list of uh things that we missed so another person
0: who probably should be hosting this podcast instead of either of us
1: i think probably daniel and emma yeah or jerry or quinn there's a lot of people more qualified
0: significantly more qualified and more likable that's for that's for oh yeah 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 Yeah.
1: that's a big part of it okay gina's 2000s rock band list so we didn't miss a ton i think but we missed a couple of big ones Mm -hmm. so the big one that i'm embarrassed to have missed uh, is the Black Keys. I just don't know how we didn't think about the Black I Keys. I think
0: that I, th- I I ascribe this to uh, being too close to it because the Black Keys are one of your favorite bands and are quickly becoming one of my favorite bands. So yeah, we missed it. But I just think it was a little bit of like being too close to it and, and just missing it. So yes, definite miss, but understandable because I think it was just sort of like um, mentally we were already accounting for them without actually accounting for them.
1: I guess since we have published that podcast, the keys have released probably my favorite album of the year. So yeah. To must be discussed listen. in a podcast in the coming months. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. By the way, send us your 2019 albums. Yeah, seriously. Okay. The strokes. That's a big one. We probably should have talked about the strokes.
0: Yeah. The strokes are interesting because they were so hot and then faded so quickly. Um, but certainly when you're talking like early to mid 2000s, very important.
1: Yeah. Daniel said that the Red Hot Chili Peppers probably shouldn't qualify because the bulk of their good yeah. work was in the 90s. I think that that's debatable, but not unreasonable. I think if it weren't for Danny California, like it's like really that one song, I feel yeah. like. Uh, but he also mentioned Queens of the Stone Age and Sound City. Yeah, if
0: we didn't, I, I'm surprised now thinking back that we didn't include Queens of the Stone Age because they're a definite like they should be on that list. If Probably. not, if not at the back end, then it certainly is an honorable.
1: No doubt. A band that I actually quite like, too. Oh, yeah. Um, Quinn acknowledges that he doesn't count because he's not a band. He's just a person is Gary Clark Jr., um, who you may have seen. If you have seen Chef, he was in. Yes. Chef As like the the, the guy rib just rib like, scene,
0: right. The like Houston yeah. when they go to the, the uh, Austin, Austin. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He was great. I didn't know him, but I think I remember Quinn saying that and be like, oh, I didn't know that guy had real music because that was terrific.
1: And then Daniel said an album called uh, Sound City or um, the album is called Real to Real. And it's the soundtrack to a documentary called Sound City. Um, I don't think counts because it's a compilation album, but that's just good listening. I've listened to it since he mentioned it. So hot tip. Thank you, Daniel, as always. All right. Then we did Fictional Neighbors, and now we're getting to the top. This is our second most fucked Won't up podcast. Won't
0: be my neighbor?
1: We got that part right, at least. Yeah. But we missed a lot. So yeah. the first one we missed from my dad right away, he said, you missed uh, Barney Rubble from the Flintstones.
0: Big mistake, though. I did just rewatch an episode of the Flintstones. My dad uh, and mom recently subscribed to Boomerang and uh, Barney 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 joined uh like a repo agency and was taking back a tv that fred had purchased which he couldn't afford and so he was going inside of the tv and like watch it walking away like inside the television very good stuff so classic cartoons not wonderful and neighborly but he is overall a wonderful neighbor
1: a very famous neighbor at least yes. my pebbles mm-hmm. Then, from our friend Claire, not my sister Claire, we have, like Daniel, basically an entire list here that we missed, 11 neighbors. This is my friend about.
0: Claire, right, from college? hmm Yeah, she isn't just like a terrific observer and brings a very different perspective from us, so always good to hear from her.
1: Yeah, we missed like any neighbor prior to like the year nineteen ninety, like five, and so she filled in the gaps, and even Claire. some after 1995, so here we go. Penny from the Big Bang Theory. That's important. That's a big one. Yeah, thanks, Claire. Winter Cooper from the Wonder Years. Yep, good one. Yep. Yep. Ed and Trixie Norton from the Honeymooners. Yep. Frank, Mary, and Robert Barone from Everybody Loves Raymond. That one that's really we whiffed on. That's a on our part. Yeah, that's a whiff. And, fun fact, Dylan's grandfather is mentioned in an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond. One of my biggest and most widely uh, disseminated fun facts yeah that one gets shared with a lot of people I use that one a lot
0: it's it's one of those fun facts that's so fun I pretend it's kind of my own fact like I don't (laughs) I don't alter the the details
1: but I treat it as though it's my thing to share when it's really Dylan's yeah I think he's gracious enough to have shared that fact with us with the understanding that we would like to share it also yeah a little
0: bit of a multiplier situation yes
1: then we have Rhoda Morgenstern from the Mary Tyler Moore show yep Jerry and Millie Helper from the Dick Van Dyke show. This one is probably a top five. Urkel, Steve Urkel from family matters. Yeah, that's a tough one. Diana Berry and Mrs. Rachel Lind and of green Gables. That's a favorite of Claire's that's come up before. Yeah. This is unclear if it counts, but if it counts, it's like top three Hagrid. He's like, (laughs) that's a tough one. I, I don't quibble with anything else.
0: Claire said, and they all demonstrate that she is a woman of class and distinction. Uh, the Hagrid thing—I don't know. I, I get what she's saying. I disagree with the inclusion, but I agree with your point that if included, he's top, top, top.
1: Well, and she even said like this is like this is iffy. So yeah. But uh, and then two that we should have put in the not top three: the ugly, the ugly naked guy from Friends, <laughs> okay. and Sid from Toy Story. That's a really oh, good one. That's,
0: that's He's maybe number one on the not tops.
1: Yeah, that's a really, really yeah. good one. Though I did
0: recently read, I forget where I read this, but I read some piece about how Toy Story is like way too conventional and how Sid, the simple fact that he uses toys for purposes that the manufacturer didn't intend doesn't make him a bad kid. He's actually trying to experiment and learn. It was sort of an interesting like uh, revisionist history of Toy Story. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Sid's like a dangerous kid. Yeah. He blows toys up. That's it's what not the, the same. It's what
0: the people call a retcon. It was sort of like yeah. a Sid retcon. That that do
1: less on yeah. that one. Yeah, a little, guys. little
0: bit a bit of a try hard take, but interesting. That's tough.
1: Yeah. All right. And then lastly, fictional athletes. Um, yeah. Th- Fertile ground, but tough to tough to handle. It was less that we missed like big ones. It was just that it was a big topic, and we also just like did a bad job of identifying female athletes, which is a tough look. and That's why I put it now. At to one. be fair
0: to us, I don't know if this actually counts as a to be fair to us, but we knew that. Oh, we
1: addressed it, but right? I think we were still at fault.
0: we definitely still at fault, but at least we knew. If we're gonna be, if we're gonna be bums, at least we're knowing bums.
1: Yeah, yeah. Credit, credit where yeah. it's hey, due. Hey, great job, <laughs> us. Yeah. For realizing we're we're sexists yeah or not sexist we didn't say that women are bad athletes we just couldn't think of any just so oblivious yeah uh we just immediately i was like well we couldn't think of any female ones and she was like well what about these six and yeah. i was like oh okay oh, okay so um viola from she's the man that's amanda Bynes. an enormous miss like a just truly gigantic miss Really tough look for us. Jess yeah. and Jules from Bend It Like Beckham. Yeah. Uh, also a huge miss. Watch that recently holds up. It, it, yeah. And by holds up, I mean, doesn't hold up at all, but was really enjoyable. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. the best kind. Yeah. Not surprising that her first two examples were teen soccer movies. Yep. But next she had Hillary Swank and Million Dollar Baby, which were definitely including boxers. So she yeah. should have been up there probably. Yeah. And then. An interesting choice because we included, I think, Maximus. She said, "If you're going to include Maximus, you have to include Katniss from Hunger Games."
0: Hmm. Yes, that that by by law, I, I agree with that well, point.
1: And on top of that, she could be an Olympic athlete, probably as an archer. She's a really talented archer.
0: Yeah, it's true. Good points all around.
1: And then, uh, not a female, but hilarious. Uh, if we're going to include Mister Miyagi, we have to include Po from Kung Fu Panda. As one. <laughs> Daniel pointed out that we missed uh, Ben Richards, a.k.a. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Running Man. <laughs> yep. That's a good one. I pointed out that we missed Paul Crew in The Longest Yard.
0: <laughs> also, yeah, that's a huge, that's actually like a legit oversight. Now, I don't know. It's it's a good, it's kind of an interesting question whether he was really that great of a quarterback um or whether he was just an extremely talented quarterback who blew it all yeah unclear so like actual on-field performance is not totally specified
1: yeah like is he is he baker mayfield or is he brett Favre? yeah is he any browns quarterback of the last 10 years or yeah dylan the ha- the hansen brothers from slap shot
0: yep. um, yeah they were
1: not good at sports but they were fun uh, He said, this is really funny. He said Connor Banks, and I googled it, and I was like, oh, yeah, Mystery Alaska. And then he was like, oh, no, I meant Adam Adam Banks Banks
0: from from The Mighty Ducks. Did we not mention Adam Banks?
1: No, but isn't it also wild that Connor, like, Mystery Alaska is one of Dylan's favorite movies ever, and he just, like, accidentally referenced a player from that movie. It feels,
0: like, very in keeping with Dylan's personality that he would accidentally reference two, of the biggest (laughs) hockey movies ever
1: yeah it's a dylan meme it's like the bad luck brian it's just like a picture of dylan and it's like it's hockey dill means to reference mighty ducks references mystery alaska (laughs) yeah
0: the interesting thing about adam banks which we don't necessarily need to get into but it goes back to like our biggest uh our biggest sports mismatches pod that adam banks is on the varsity team uh, at what i forget now what the academy is called but their prep school when the rest of them aren't a little bit funky assuming that we go along with the logic of the films adam banks is like a truly outstanding hockey player like he's definitely yeah. going to the nhl
1: the last thing is that we kept calling bud from Airbud, Airbud. air bud his mm-hmm. name is bud it's not Airbud. oh get the hell out of here whose complaint was that
0: but that was Emma. Oh, take it back, Emma. We give, we have fawned over you so relentlessly this whole episode. Screw you on this one.
1: That would be like if I called you, like, I don't know, Air Mike. Which is fine. I'd appreciate
0: if you called me Air Mike. That would be really sweet.
1: That's different. It's different. Ever since we started it's the different.
0: podcast together, you haven't appreciated me the way you used to. So it would be really nice if you called That's me That's not true. Mike. Well. Let's talk about this off air. This is sort of an, as Caroline would say, this is a <laughs> conversation. caroline we're almost done all right well you're 20 minutes over time i'm not 20 minutes over time we're
1: 13 minutes let's go let's go let's finish up great podcast this is really wonderful stuff the only other thing i will mention is uh two very quick honorable mentions yeah (laughs) quinn (laughs) took exception to the fact that we said that book of eli is a good movie he said it is not good we just disagree on this one.
0: I refuse to allow any sort of uh, intrusion on your father's logic. I think, yeah, trying to alter his way of thinking is just utter foolishness
1: and misguided. Shame on you, Quinn. Yeah, you. Suck. Um, and then uh, let's see the other. The only other one is National Treasure. So Quinn and Emma rewatched yeah. National Treasure, which I appreciate. A good
0: point. This is like a legit factual qualm with our. Oh, I disagree. Reason. Oh, let it so, rip.
1: So they said, I, okay, I initially said in comparing, uh, Benjamin Franklin Gates to Ian, I was saying he was doing all the same crimes that he did. I said that Ian or, uh, BFG, whoa, um, kidnapped (laughs) Dr. Chase and they pointed out that they didn't technically kidnap her because they rescued her from Ian and then she decided to stay when they had the declaration, Which is technically true. However, I would argue that in a court of law, if she decided to press charges, he would definitely be convicted of kidnapping. Yeah, because it's luring her. The sentiment is not kidnapping, but in a court of law, he kidnapped Dr. Chase. Uh, Yeah. That's it. That's everything. Depends. We we are late. I say we skip (laughs) all the thank yous and just get out of here. Wait, we're not going to thank
0: our social media people and stuff?
1: Well, it's up to you. You, I'll tell you what.
0: Let's do it. No, no,
1: we should do that. You go. All right. Uh, well, I'll say thanks to Kevin McLeod, obviously, uh, for his stankiness. And I'll say thanks to Aaron for her uh, incredible artwork. It's wonderful. It sure is wonderful. You can check
0: her stuff out on Sant Design. If you want to check out pictures of Winnie, my cat, well, sorry, there's nothing published online, but she's being very cute right now. But if you wanted to check out the work of our wonderful social media, director that is Caroline Labranti. All that is on her Instagram, Caroline Labranti photography or something of that uh, nature. She's got some great stuff out there. She handles all of our social media. You can find that on our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter, all that is top 10 KM with the 10 spelled out T-E-M, T-E-N, excuse me. And if you would like to send us an email complaining about our content, suggesting ways to improve our content offering to actually appear on the show whatever you want that is top10km at gmail.com so that's what i would say about our social media and finally while i am sure you're listening to this on some kind of app we are available on several including the apple podcast app stitcher spotify podbean pretty much wherever podcasts can be found so that is what i would say
1: big dog well said. Good, sir. Thank you for reveling in our errors, and I will see you next week. Please enjoy, Caroline, and tell her that I'm sorry for taking an hour to do a mistakes You're episode. You're
0: not allowed to say sorry for that. Uh, errors are part of our business, and I promise we'll make errors next week.
1: That's which true. Which we'll eventually have to correct. No doubt. All right. All right. Later, amigo. Good work. Adios, big hoss. bye